When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Meet Me at Mutual. I'm your host, Daniel Shoptow, C70 at the bat at C70 on Twitter. We have had a run of great guests. I mean, we have we did guests uh, from January on, then Alex has been great at filling in. But everybody's excited because we've got the man back, Alan Medlock, A Medlock One on Twitter, the coach. He's back with us. Alan Welcome back. Welcome to start your your podcasting season. How you been? I've been great. I've been great. Uh, I'm blushing. I appreciate the kind words, but uh, no, I've been wonderful. It was a uh, very rewarding season. We are uh, we're on track. I've been keeping up with the Cardinals, but uh, you know, priority number one was the high school kids, and and it's been a lot of fun. We're improving. Um, I'll have a lot, I'll have many more social media updates starting next year where I'm more proud of them than I have been in the last two, <laughs> but, uh, but no, it's been great. I am, but I'm excited to be back and talk some baseball and have a good uh, Cardinal summer. Yeah. Well, talk uh, before we get into the Cardinals, cause I do think people would like to know, I mean, you, you talked and we, and I tried to update people as we went along when you gave me some, some information, but you, you made steps this year. I mean, you've taken a team, a team that really wasn't anything when you started and now you've kind of gotten them to where they at least know what it's like to win some ball games. Sure. Sure. Yeah. We, uh, they, uh, they're coming along. They, they really work hard. Um, I taking the, taking the job. This is what you get with the city schools. You get the kids that don't get exposure to baseball. A it's just the time consume. It's time consuming. Parents don't have that time kind of time to put into it. Our, our socioeconomic parents and, and, uh, you know, for basketball, you get a basketball for baseball. You need playing a league and buy, buy all the stuff, you know, that's, it's just kind of how it works. You guys have heard that last year or whatnot, but, but they work and they really work and they really come along and we've started to develop some pitching. Uh, we doubled our wins from year one. Uh, we've created some players. I mean, some guys that are now starting to get some small college interest and maybe can even look at continuing their playing career after high school. We, uh, we played really well. We played in a tough district, an unrelenting district. I mean, we have three or four teams that are not going to state tournament door every year. So it's, it, 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 it can be tough, but we've, we've created some pitching now to where next year we could really, we could be a force. Um, we have a true number one and he developed him and he kind of came out of nowhere type of situation. So that, uh, that's, that is, uh, the positives. Um, we haven't won a, how Oklahoma high school works in five A it's extremely difficult. Six A is determined by the top 32, the biggest, the largest 32 schools in the state. The next 32 after that's five A. And keep in mind, I have these kids that have never played before where the other ones have been playing together since, you know, like sixth grade. We haven't won a regional game in 20 years through Tulsa Hale. Um, we we were 
<laughs> I knew this was going to happen. Let's just say we lost one in the ninth. That cost us, but we're right there. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough to to go out yeah. on a, on a it, when, when you had the when you had it right there in your hand and then it just goes we, away. It's hard. Let's put it this way: we were up, we were up eleven to five going. I said the ninth, but I meant the seventh. We were up eleven to five going into the last inning. My number one ran out of his uh, pitch counts are really strict here. You can only pitch a, a hundred and twenty even in in the postseason. I mean, it, it's it doesn't give up, and we had to mix and match, but we gave up seven, but only three balls were put in play. So. You get it. You you lose track of the strike zone with anybody, and anything can happen. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel for my kids and for myself. But let's just put it this way: we'll get one next year. Yeah, yeah, that's a it's a it's a stepping stone. And so, uh, look forward to that. Um, but now, now we now we can shift gears a little bit. We can talk about this team that more of us have seen than Tulsa Hell, I guess. Uh, the Cardinals split with Cincinnati. Um, obviously. Ellen, before we get into maybe the the current stuff, what's been your thoughts on the first six weeks of the season? And I know you haven't really had a chance to express the frustrations that some of us have since we've been sitting here uh, recording. But what was your thinking as you've been trying to keep up with them? Well, I've tried to go back and think, when was the last time I remembered the lows of the low? of the start of the season. Um, and like I said, historically, I don't know if any of us have really seen it really. Um, I was thinking back of when was the time that I didn't think they were very good. And I'm not, I'm not certain that I ever truly felt that way. I was like, you know, no one's going to hit, you know, Arnaud is going to hit at some point, you do, you, you feel like you can get out of it. You just hope that you not don't get too buried. I mean, maybe this is just the low hanging fruit answer. I don't know, but it all comes down to the fact that we knew that there was going to be rotation issues from the beginning that they, and you know, they tried, I, I mean, you can see, read the tea leaves and see that they tried to bring in, bring in a horse, but I think they, they expected to bounce back from, from Flaherty and, and uh, Wainwright. And I say to bounce back, it's more of the, just to keep up with what he did last year mm-hmm. at, at his age. And though the deficiency showed and then it affected every other facet of the game. And it was tough to get out of it. So to see that they that they that they that they got off the mat and, and started playing and a team that that we thought they that they on paper looked like in the beginning is is nice. I still am a little bit skeptical that they could climb all the way back at this point. And it's uh, that's where a lot of the frustration comes from because now you feel like it almost has to be a sweep every weekend just to uh, to put yourself back in contention. Yeah, there is that. I mean, there is that idea that, you know, splitting with Cincinnati is a bit of a wasted opportunity um, when you could have taken three or four. That being said, we've always, you know, winning a four-game series is always tough. And we we know that, especially in Cincinnati, which is just a ballpark that, well, as Adam Wainwright says, is a devil's lair, um, always seems to be tricky for the Cardinals. Not that they necessarily have trouble winning there a lot, but it always seems to be a little bit iffy. Uh, especially when you have the pitching that they do now. Um, I, I mean, it really, it just, it just helps that, that nobody in this division is any good, right? I mean, Milwaukee is yeah. you know, 27 and 23, but they have a minus seven run differential. You know, you've got the Cardinals half game behind the Cubs and two and a half games behind three and a half games behind the Pirates. Um, you know, th- I don't, you know, and even the wild card still within reach. So, it feels like it still feels like if they turn it on, they're going to be okay. But you're right. You, you know, it almost does feel like you have to win. You have to win every series if you don't have to, if you don't sweep them all. Yeah, and and you know my my mindset on that. Just win the series, move it on out. You know, keep keep the line moving. It's uh, and you, one you're going to win. You know, plus a hundred games in a normal year when you win two out of three. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm still a little bit skeptical because it, it's. Tough to stop the bleeding if you don't have the true number one, you know. And that's uh, and I mean it, in Cincinnati, that's it, just that ballpark. You never really know, you know. So the split there, I'm I'm a okay with that. I mean that's not that not a huge issue, but uh, but yeah, I still I'm just a little bit skeptical uh, um, of the ability to stop a long losing streak again just because of the the, the lack of the true number one. And I, I felt like they wanted to bounce back. My issue and my skepticism comes from 
my worry, I guess, is that I'm not certain that guy's out there. So that, that I'm a little concerned about that. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I don't know, you know, even if you could make a trade immediately, um, which is unlikely, you know, for various reasons, um, who do you, I mean, obviously there are people that you can bring in that are better than what we have seen yeah. from them, but are you bringing in any kind of, you know, yeah, number one. I mean, yeah, the, go you ahead. know, well, say, I mean, you you look at the White Sox. Maybe I think that's where a lot of people have talked about Dylan Cease and uh, and Lance Lynn. Even I mean, they've struggled some this year, but you know, would they be that closer to that number one? I, I don't know. Maybe um, definitely couldn't hurt, but I don't know that you're going to see that kind of move until you know mid July at best. Oh yeah, and that's uh, no, I completely agree. It, it's even the names out, I I don't know. I'm just so torn on it, torn on it because um, it it seems like the Cardinals have a bunch of number threes, mm. and you know I think that I would have said a bunch of number twos in the past couple of years, and that concerns me. And then you know what? I really do like the rotation. I mean, that's not the the you know you you kind of catch lightning in a bottle with Libertor, and then you don't we don't see him again until tonight. You know, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it's that like. I, I hate overthinking these because it's all behind the scenes stuff, you know, right. and, and it's stuff that we'll never know, but it's still just frustrating that, uh, you know, you ride the hot hand a little bit here. Yeah. Jeff Jones had an article a little bit about, about this. He's, he talked about this, this, this weird scheduling thing that's coming up, right. That they have yeah. next what Wednesday and Thursday off. Um, he has a good chance to reset things. Um, and I think it's gonna be interesting to see how they come out of that. Um, I do think it's very strange why they are prioritizing some guys that are struggling like crazy over a guy that's been successful in Memphis, has had some success now in the major leagues in his one start. You know, why aren't, you know, why didn't you go to a more of a normal six man rotation instead of, yeah, you know, almost 10 days between his starts and you throw him for a bullpen inning in there, which I get that there's some bullpen need perhaps, but. Um, it's still not the guy you probably should do that with, you know. Yeah, uh, and 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 the fact that nobody else is doing that, right? I mean, it's not like you're seeing Stephen Matz come out on his throw and throw an inning or something like that. Um, so I don't know. I don't get that either. Um, I get some uh, in some ways. I understand them perhaps not wanting to you know, fully commit to replacing one of those veteran guys with Libertor. But on the other hand, man, you know, I mean, just look at Steven Matz. Listen, I mean, that's, and I don't want to say that Steven Matz is the whole problem with this, this team, but you know, Jeff, like I said, Joe Jones had that article, you know, he's thrown two starts in 20 over the last two years. that has gone past the fifth inning. Yeah. Um, you know, his ERA is hardly ever under four and a half. Um, uh, it's it's not been great, and the the best times we've seen Stephen Matz was when he was working out of the bullpen last year. So why are you not at least considering for you know, hey, let's move, let's let Libertor have a, have a run, let's move Matz to the bullpen, see if we can maybe get him straightened out, and then you know maybe we can shift things around later on if things need to be. But it seems like there's a lot less urgency in that regard, even though that's pretty much a gaping hole. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It kind of reminds me of the situation to where, uh, um, we kind of had, we had seen this with, with Waka back in the days to where it's like, Hey, th- he could probably use a reset. Just move to the bullpen. And, and Mo made the comment, do you want to go tell him? And I just kind of wonder if that's some of the mindset on this one a little bit. Not that, I mean, not to say that, uh, Steven Matz is some intimidating, you know, figure or anything like that. I don't want it to sound like that, but I do wonder if that's kind of one of those, like, Hey, we brought you in as a starter. You're right. You're writing this out. We're not going to make that decision, you know, type situation. And, and that even adds to some frustration. Yeah. I think there's something to that. There's also something to, you know, if you move Steven Matz to the bullpen now, are you stuck with him in the bullpen the next two years as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good um, point. You know, is there a path back to the rotation? Now, next year, there's not as many people under contract, so maybe you have to start him out that way. But, yeah, um, you know, I think it's it becomes difficult, especially if he has some success there. 
uh, you know, this year, looking at his contract, you know, this year he's only making only making ten million. The next couple of years he's making twelve, and they've paid bullpen guys like that. I mean, it's not. I don't know that the the idea that, and I think there's, I mean, there's some of this, and it's a fair point, but the idea that they're paying him so much that he has to stay in the rotation, I just, I mean, yeah, that's a little bit of an overpay on some of these relievers, but I don't think it's so bad, especially when then you get to replace him with a Libertor who's making league minimum, that it really matters too much. Yeah, that's a, that's a dang good point. I mean, it's, uh, um, yeah, I mean, in in back to your earlier uh, earlier comment, I mean, it's. Is a one is this setting him one time for through the rotation for a rest day not worth it? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just a straight switch out, even yeah. to a, even if there is apprehension in the six man rotation type situation after the scheduling uh, that, that they have in the next two weeks. You know what I mean? I, I don't know the handling of it's weird. I mean that's that's fly on the wall type stuff that I that I would kind of like know. Yeah, yeah, and when you look at what they've gotten out of Mets. And uh, granted last year was hurt a couple times and you know, that kind of skews the numbers a bit. Um, I, I wonder if they're going to be able to handle this for the next two years. Yeah. I, I, I kind of feel, I mean, I don't see that Steven Matz gets released this year at all. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm not, I wouldn't rule it out though for at the off season, you know I mean? It's, you know, it's $24 million over two years. That's a lot to not pay to have somebody not be there. And I know the Cardinals don't like to get rid of pitching because they never feel like they have enough, which is fair because apparently they don't have enough. Um, but I still just wonder, I mean, how do you continue to have a guy in here? Now, that being said, I feel like we were saying some of these things about, you know, like Jordan Hicks earlier on a different situation. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we were, you know, everybody was like, yo man, we got to get rid of Jordan Hicks. He's been terrible, blah, blah, blah. And he's found something now. And it's, you know, this dominant reliever again, um, not that Stephen Bassett fine. I mean, there's totally different situations I know, but I still feel like, you know, maybe there's a way for him to, to click and see a little bit more of what we saw last year, but it, I don't know why they haven't gotten to the, you know, if they know, if they know anything like that, they should be doing it. And if they don't know anything that can work, then maybe it won't. Sure. No, and it's, you're right. I mean, that we're all vested in this and the, uh, it's easy to say, well, we can just part ways with this and, and, and go one direction uh, or go in another direction. So yeah, it, it's difficult. And you know, the slow start kind of leads to, to that a little bit more. I mean, it was, Fever pitch on Twitter there for a little while, and I'm not on Twitter as much as I used to be, but I will be this summer. Um, so yeah, it, it was kind of crazy. Now being behind the times on this, I do have a question for you. Mm-hmm. What uh, what do we have to look forward to in the rotation of this? Is there anybody that can make an impact pretty quickly? Because that's uh, that's the stuff that I haven't seen in Memphis. Yeah, and see, I don't, I don't know that they that there is. You know, obviously the, yeah. the focus has always been on Libertor. Uh, you know, somebody yesterday on Twitter was just 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 mentioning just in the fact, hey, we haven't heard um, Dakota Hudson's name very much. Well, I mean, Dakota Hudson's been hurt, but even when he's been healthy and he's back now, I mean, he has struggled significantly in Memphis. To, uh, the same kind of stuff that we saw in the major leagues, and, and he's yeah. getting around. So, you know, I don't see that that's a situation. Um, my friend uh, David Jones, who's doing Gateway with me right now, mentioned this week. Um, you know, the surprise that we haven't heard anything about Michael McGreevy. McGreevy, no, no, yeah, yeah, with three and zero with a six and six starts down there, but that's only six AAA starts. I, I, I mean, could you see that at some point in time this year? Maybe, but I don't know that that's the. I don't know that that's a solution. And then again, you got to find a spot for him. You've got to have to clear out a veteran, you know. And and I don't know, you know, do you go a six man and move? Matt's to the the bullpen and bring him up or I mean that seems a little bit weird but you know I don't know that you're moving you know unless you're moving I don't know unless Wainwright's you know, moves to the bullpen I don't see that happening I don't know that I don't know how they do it even if they want. yeah well and you know historically their their patients have made us look a little dumb you yeah. know what I mean? I mean, but that's as fans, they have to see it through a different art, you know, as, as mm-hmm. uh, I want to say admin, but as management, they, they have to see it through a different lens than we do. And typically they've, they've been correct with that. 
on our side though, you're just like, well, let, let's see some urgency that kind of adds to the fun a little bit, you know, but they also are looking those guys in the eyes and telling them that they're not going to play, which, you know, honestly can be difficult. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, I've been there. I hate to say it. And these guys aren't making millions of dollars. So the, uh, I, I do wonder if there's anybody left and, and then there's some concern on the, on the other side of, yes, they've, they've been able to develop pitching. We know that. We've said that they know it need to go out and get a big bat. We need to do that. And that's been probably the five-year run that we've worried about. But is their pitching development all going to be a high three now? You know, and that's and that, that those are concerns that I have of, is this run kind of coming to an end of, uh, of their development? And do they need to go overpay for a horse somewhere? Which, honestly, it hasn't been super successful for anybody that did it this offseason. So I don't know. It's a, it's a weird time in baseball. It's a weird time in Cardinals baseball. I feel like we're in a transition of uh, management in Cardinals baseball, and it's uh, it, I know, it, it, and it adds to a little bit of our anxiety, you know, going into a summer of uh, of a little bit of uncertainty because no one's actually just taken the reins and ran with it. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. I think they do need to, you know, because it's. Even if, yeah, even if a Michael Mungrevy comes up, yeah, you don't expect him to be much more of a middle. I mean, what the biggest, the biggest chance for a number one is probably Tink Hintz, and he's at you know single A still, and he's yeah. at, you know, you're looking at a couple years at least before he can really move up that ladder. I think, um, and there doesn't seem to be anybody else that has that kind of cachet. I mean, Kyle would be able to tell us, you know, if we're missing somebody, and I'd have to go look at the, yeah. The, whatever it is this year, hundred, 150. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't think it's the, 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 you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, it was all about the Cardinals have all this pitching come up and they don't have hitting. And now it is, it's flipped. And, you know, that's part of the way they've drafted. Um, but I think you're right. I mean, you're, you're right in the fact that going out and spending money on a, on a pitcher doesn't necessarily mean anything um you know what we all talked about rondon this summer right or this winter and i don't think he's pitched yet so yeah um, that would have been a lot of money that would have just kind of been wasted um that's that's the dangerous thing about paying for pitching but i don't think the cardinals have any option this offseason but to go do that because they just don't have anybody to come up and you know i don't think they can get by with another season of you know this kind of pitching yeah, and, and it's one of those situations that we talked about in the past, too, of they were wanting – I think that they were wanting to showcase – they'll say that they didn't do this, but they wanted to see um, fairly good performances out of this outfield to see who was going to be expendable. And that was probably going to be some of their trade chip. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, probably. And, probably. and that, that may have been the direction they were going to go. So, I don't know, but that's that's another thing, too, is, I mean, I understand that, you know, if you're going to make that move on Walker so quick, and like, trust, and, I, and I'm sorry, guys, I'm, I'm behind, but if you're going to make that move on Walker so quick, why start him in the first place? Right, right. Yeah, I think that, that, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Mm-mm. Yeah, and I don't, you know, I think they thought, well, rehash this bit, but, they thought that there was going to be more at bats than there were out there. Um, and, but yeah, it didn't, I mean, we talked, we talked about it beforehand, you know, it just didn't make a lot of sense for them to start Walker. I get that you, you know, you want to try to capture that lightning in a bottle and see if he can in the big leagues, but unless you're willing to commit to him being out there, you know, six days a week, um, and they weren't. I, I mean, I think like they were for a while when he was getting hits, but you know, after a while, it was like, how do you do that and get you know figure out what you got in Carlson and figure out what you got in O'Neill, and uh, especially when Glenn Gorman took off and took up the DH spot more days than not. Um, yeah, I, I think that you know, I don't. It's not because of Jordan Walker going down, but that's one of the reasons I think that things finally started to you know settle is they could at least have a little bit more stable outfield. Now, the biggest thing was Nolan Arnado started to hit, and that's that's why they started to take off. But uh, Yeah, oh, yeah. But I think having a little bit less, you know, he goes down, Tyler Neal goes on the uh, injured list, and all of a sudden 
you you can run your guys out there all the time. In fact, they get to the point where you have to put Donovan and Edmund out in the outfield, which seems seems counterproductive too. But yeah, uh, the things that we laughed about, you know, a couple yeah. of years ago, like, oh, if you got to start doing that, you know, what I mean, yeah. it's yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, I think, yeah, I think they would have liked to have somebody shine well enough that maybe they could have made it move, but um, that didn't quite happen. I mean, I, I'm still a little bit surprised how they're holding on to Alec Burleson at the major league level. Yeah. Uh, Cause he is, I know they like his metrics and all that kind of stuff, but you know, he's, he's struggled at times. Yeah. And you know, if, if Jordan Walker starts hitting and he's starting to, um, I imagine that's the move, right? To flip those two. Sure. And the, that's, I like Burleson a lot as well. Uh, but I, you, I wonder about the disservice that, that they're doing with him struggling at the big league level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause then you, you have the struggles at the plate and then you have struggles in the outfield. Right. And you're like, now how beneficial is this to this player? So I don't know. I mean, you can tell that they play that they do this with the mentally the the guys that they feel like are mentally strong that it's not going to affect them. You can see that. I was worried that we were going to hear some BS about Walker of ah, oh, you know, he just wasn't ready for the big league level, which is you know code for didn't check all the boxes on how we like to do things type of situation. Not to say that he was a bad guy. Not to say that I've even heard any rumblings on that. Mm-hmm. I just always when there's a move made like that, you're thinking, oh crap, when's the first story going to come out of? Well, he missed a meeting, or he was late for this and this, and you know, one of those things is yeah. not fair to him, and and not fair to us for to speculate. Now, maybe maybe I shouldn't, but some of the moves that are made like that, I always wonder if that's why they're made, not you know, other things. Yeah. But the uh, I feel like that's why they 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 think that that Burleson belongs is a he's probably close, and b he he can handle it. But I'm not certain he's going to do he's he's going to be a uh, I'm not saying they're doing doing him a favor by keeping him where he is right now. Is it going to be a situation, too, to where with Gorman being able to play second base at, at the level that he's been playing and, and hitting at an MVP level to where the DH is going to quickly become split between Yepes and Burleson, which is which is at probably cost one of them a job or a spot on the 40-man rotation? Well, I mean, it depends, right? Because if Paul DeYoung keeps hitting, then you have to play Tommy Edmond probably at second. Agreed. Or yeah, I agree with that. Or the DH. I mean, there is... There's a part of me that's surprised you that you didn't ask me about DeYoung until you know gotten there yet. the twenty minute part. <laughs> I should, I should, you know, I have a lot of things to catch up on. Yeah, you. Know? you. <laughs> How about your boy DeYoung? What do you think? I mean, well, you know what? I would be yeah, I would be lying if I didn't say that uh, I didn't have a lot of skepticism going into uh, the uh, off season in the end of last year that we would see him in a Cardinal uniform again. I, mm-hmm. I honestly thought that wasn't going to happen for him. I couldn't be more happy. Um, and honestly, he's been, he's been kind of a, uh, a, uh, how do I say it? He's kind of stabilized things for them quite a bit. Yeah. Um, which is a, uh, you know, I, I, I'm glad that, that toward the end of this contract, however, they're going to play it, which he probably won't be back regardless that he's having success and in, in doing the things that we expected out of him in the, in the beginning. So, you know, that the more I, I can just tell you that I'm extremely happy for Paul DeYoung. Yeah. So, all that said, how how could how much how sustainable is it? I mean, I think we've all gotten past the point of it's his normal, you know, first couple of weeks and it's a bit of a fluke. I mean, he's having a better year than he had. You know, he's already got better numbers than he had all of last year. Yeah, uh, he's got he's on a pace to have probably his best year ever, whether that happens or not or not. Do you think this swing change and everything is is enough? Or do you think that we're still kind of holding our breath on him? Uh, well, as big a fan of, as I am of him, I'm still holding my breath. Mm-hmm. You know, just to see. I mean, just just because the strikeouts are so dominant in his game that uh, that a slump could be at any time. You know, yeah. uh, now so it's one of those. I mean, at this point now, just ride the wave and enjoy it. You know, and and that, this is coming from a guy who really likes Donovan and Edmund as well. But I'm like, play DeYoung every day and just and figure it out. Yeah, I mean, you know, right now he's got, at least according to baseball reference, 1.4 war for the season. And that's, yeah, that's a lot more than we would have thought he was going to get. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I, you know. So, 
what now happens, and we talked about this on Gateway this last week, but I want to ask your opinion uh, as well. You know, what happens this off season? I mean, if Paul DeYoung has maybe not this great, maybe he doesn't have an OPS plus of 160, but if he's 120 or so, um, what happens to his options? I mean, do they pick up? I mean, I think, and it says it's 24, 25. I think it's one option. So if they pick it up, it's for the next two years. Yeah. You've got Donovan, you've got Edmund, and, you know, Mason Wynn is probably not coming up this year, but he's probably going to be ready by at some point next year. Yeah. But you may have a Paul DeYoung that hit 20 home runs. Mm. What do you do? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I mean, the uh, now Edmund, what's Edmund's status, contract status? Um, he, I he, re, he extended, right? Yeah, let me pull. I've got cards yeah. up here. He, oh no, he is, he is actually just had his first year of arbitration. So okay, I can't remember what it was. Yeah, so he'll go to so, he'll go to arbitration again this, or sign a contract this this off season for the second. Yeah. Time. Okay. That's a great question. And I, I don't know. Um, you know, they're going to play those contract games, especially, especially with, uh, with Donovan and, and Edmund, you know, that's one of those, they can, they can play that a little bit out. Um, gosh, I don't know. You know, here's the thing. They've stuck with him. God, I really don't know. I mean, their line of thought, I, I can't, I, I'm not in step with it half the time anyway. It, yeah, it looks like looking at this again, it does look like maybe they are separate options. So they could pick up twenty four and decline twenty five. Uh, it's twelve and a half for twenty four. It's fifteen for twenty five. There's a couple million dollar buyout on each year, but um, I think it's I think it's I think they have to right now. Again, things could change significantly. Right now, I think they pick it up and then they look at. I mean, he may not play in St. Louis next year. He might be traded. Um, I don't think you could go another year with all this stuff and throwing Mason Wynn into this mix. If, you know, assuming Mason Wynn continues to develop like he has and is ready, it looks like he'll ready be ready for May or June. I, you know, once he comes up, he's playing shortstop, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you got to play him out there. So, I feel like they're going to have to clear up some of this middle infield stuff. But then again, we've talked about them clearing up the outfield forever, and then they haven't done that. And yeah. then, then they wind up needing these middle infielders to play outfield. So, you know. Well, and then does the Walker, um, does the handling of Jordan Walker g- give you a little bit of pause to uh, um, to commit to win now? Us, like you and I personally, I'm yeah. just like, uh, yeah, I think we want to see the exciting player. And this is the same thing we heard out of Walker last year, but. You know, he's going to come up for a three-week stint and go right back down. You know, I, I mean, I I know that's being just you know cynical and crazy, right. but still, I mean, it's uh, I don't I feel like there's more things in flux and more turmoil this year, and not just because of the record, but just because mm-hmm. of the I, I don't I just feel like there's some kind of shift that's going on with in management. Do you think? It, yeah, it does seem to be coming out of the front office for sure. No, but do you think that? Some of that is because, well, we're farther down the road. You know, we're two years into Marmol, who is an extension of the front office, more so than Mike Schilt was, more so than Mike Matheny was, definitely much more than Tony LaRusso was. I mean, we've gone from, you know, the manager as personality to the manager as an extension of the front office. And I think, I don't, and I don't say that in a negative way, but that was, that's a lot of managers around the There's, trying to be in sync with the front office and the analyticals and all that. Kind yeah. Of stuff. Do you think that, you know, the loss of, and I know Molina wasn't around as much last year. We've talked about that, but even, you know, him, him being on the roster, Pujols being there last year, Adam Wainwright not being around until recently. I mean, it's a, there's a culture shift going on in the, in the clubhouse as well. Do you think that's just kind of part of that? Yeah, probably, probably the, uh, those are things that I keep forgetting about. You know what I mean? They, uh, the change in leadership overall. So yeah, that's, that's a pretty good point. Um, yeah, I would, I would think that that clubhouse is probably going through quite a bit of transition. Yeah. Yeah, And I do wonder, you know, how much, 
how much that impacts what Ollie Marmol is doing and what he feels like he needs to do. You know, the, when we go all the way back and, you know, he says, especially since you weren't around at the time to, to talk about it, um, you know, the whole, I, the whole thing at the beginning of the year with, you know, calling out Tyler O'Neill. And it feels like Tyler O'Neill has been kind of become that whipping boy this year a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree with that. Um, between that and then, you know, not being able to stay healthy, um, comments from, from Mo and all them. Um, but still that, that whole situation felt weird. And I wonder if that would have been less public had that stronger, you know, that really veteran leadership been there to try to say, Hey, we'll take care of this. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, yeah, that's, it, it's a good point. I mean, the, we'll be answering those questions you know, for at least for the rest of the season and the next season. But yeah, that's you're, there's no doubt about that. Of the, uh, um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, that whole situation was 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 crazy. Just because all we've ever heard about how hard is he, hard he plays, right? You know, to see that blow up in the way that it did and go so public, it was I, it was it was a little baffling. Yeah, I mean. The year before when Tyler, when Harrison Bader got benched for not running out of ball to first base, I mean, that made sense, right? I mean, it's Harrison Bader. Yeah. First, it, you know, it was pretty obvious. I mean, Tyler O'Neill not scoring from second on a, you know, Ronald Lacuna Jr. and on a cold night that, yeah. I mean, with his injury history, yeah. I, I, I there's, does that mean he was, you know, that he didn't give it his all? Maybe, but I think there's also a lot of reasons to believe that, you know, why he was doing that. And I, and I think it was enough that you talked to him in the clubhouse, but I don't know that you needed to make a big deal about it in, in public. And, and you've got to know that if you mention it to the, the media, something like that, it's going to become a big deal, both of the media. And, the sure. and if, if, if all of you just thought he was just talking, then they needed to give him a few more lessons in, in media management. Mm, uh, yeah. That's being a manager. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I, I completely agree. That's, I mean, I was just asking for trouble. And, and I thought the same thing. And honestly, I kind of thought that Marmol came out with a little bit of egg on his face on this. Mm-hmm. Um, indeed, uh, I think there was, there seemed to be some, some, gosh, I don't know. I can't stand bringing this up because then it sounds like the gossipy side of it. But <laughs> I wonder what the uh, relationship of the two was like, period. You know, and I wonder yeah. if some of that is the history for uh, the, uh, injury history frustrations too. I don't know. Hey, probably some of that. And, you know, some of it, maybe they, I've always, you know, said that maybe they feel like Tyler needs the, the chip on the shoulder motivation, which I yeah. think, you know, a bit silly to some degree, but you know, who knows? But I just, I think it's weird that, I don't know if it's weird, but yeah, you have that. And then you have this, you know, Mo coming out and saying, well, it's a skill to stay healthy, and he doesn't have that skill or hasn't shown yeah. it to us and stuff like that. And <laughs> I, I, not that he's wrong, I don't think. And we know Mo does occasionally say stuff a little bit more bluntly than we kind of give him yeah. credit for. I mean, he said some stuff like that in Blogger Day and stuff that you know has been a little bit more direct. But I don't know if even if it's you know even if it's true, it doesn't help you. Because Tyler O'Neill would be a very good trade chip if he could stay healthy. Or even if he wasn't, you know, people might be interested in taking a, a shot at him. But if you keep, you know, throwing him under buses, you know, the tire tracks are not helping the value. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, when it, and the thing, it's just the mystery when he's coming back adds to a little bit of the intrigue on that as well. You know, what yeah. I mean, they see the little, the small injuries and, and all kinds of stuff. And I mean, is he a Cardinal past July? I think he probably is because I'm not hundred percent sure he'll play between now and July. Yeah, that's a good, that's, that's mean, a really good point. You know, they said just this week that they've had to shut him down for the second. Yeah, I mean, it, it's weird. I mean, and it's their bylines the whole time. Right. Um, you know, second down, second time he's had to stop his rehab because the back's not better. I, I mean, by now, I can't. It's it's hard to believe that he'd start a rehab before what the you know tenth of June, if yeah, maybe even later. And then it's probably at least a you know it's probably yeah. an expensive rehab by now. To I, mean, I keep forgetting it's into May. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, so wow. 
So I bet that I just don't know that we'll see him. I honestly, I hate to, I don't think it's probably true, but I say there's a non-zero chance that they don't see him again this year. Mm. Um, just the way this is, has been going now. Sure. And, and again, how, how motivated is he to get back? I, again, it looks to me and you see the pictures and you see the things and you hear them talk and who knows, it looks like there's not any kind of grudge between him and Marmol. I, I, I yeah. you know, we've seen some stuff. I, I don't think that there necessarily is. I think that, you know, I think, you know, maybe he would real fond of that idea, but I think they could get along. So I don't, I don't think that it's a, he's dragging his feet to get back or anything. Yeah. Um, you know, back issues are, are bad. Um, we, we've seen, right. I mean, Christian Yelich has played through all his back problems, but Christian Yelich is a shell of what he used to be. Sure. So, um, I, I think all that plays into it. Um, you know, hopefully you do. If, if he came back and had a strong, you know, second half of June and then first part of July, then I would say he'd be traded. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, and it's one of those to where are we, are we past the point of worrying that's going to hurt when he is traded? Yeah. Cause I that was kind of my feeling on it. I was like, he's going to get a chance and be a 30 for 30 guy. And I, I don't know if we'll ever see that. And even if we do, I think that that doesn't, when you've got, right now, it's offense, right? I mean, the, the Cardinals have offense. It would be nice to have another 30 home run guy in the, but if Jordan Walker comes up and takes that spot and hits. Who I feel like they've wanted to be the, that third member anyway. Right. You know, I think that, I think that they can make up for that. The reason that Sandy Alcantara and Zach Gallen hurt so much is because the Cardinals don't have any pitching. You know, yeah. if the Cardinals had, you know, two or three guys like that, yeah, we wouldn't be excited about the fact that Sandy won a Cy Young in, in Miami instead of in St. Louis. Yeah. But I don't think it's like, it's like, well, you had to make that gamble. You know, when the Cardinal pitching pipeline dried up after that and Marcelo Zuna was terrible, uh, I think that's why people are like, oh, man, that, that hurts. Because nobody talks about, you know, nobody even talks about the Lou Voigt, Luke Voigt for Giovanni Gallegos trade anymore, right? I mean, the Cardinals got the better end of that. But, yeah. you know, at the time, it was a big deal because, you know, Voigt was one of those big offensive guys that the Cardinals didn't really have. And now, you know, they've got those guys. So, sure. I, I it hurts as much. In fact, you don't hear as much, I don't feel like. I mean, it's still out there. But you don't hear as much about Randy Rosarena as you used to because – Great There's point. so many outfielders and most of them are pretty good. So I, I think that if they traded Tyler O'Neill and he went off to Colorado and hit 30 home runs, uh, I mean, depending on what the return was, but even then I think people would be saying, you know, well, good for him, but you know, he just, he, I don't know that he'd have done it here. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I agree. It's all, it's all about opportunity, momentum run, we'll get rolling and all that. I agree with, I completely agree with you on that. And that's a great point. Um, the pitching does get it, get exposed at this point. Like, like I said, if you remember, everybody was happy with that move. There was like, because Alcantara was one of those that were like, ah, you never know, you know, what type of situation. Then Gallon, we only knew of them due to the minor league guys, you know? Right. So that was, that was a move that like, well, they had to get back, back regardless. You, you can just live with what they lose. But now you're getting exposed because you don't have what they need, <laughs> you know, this type of situation. So now that's, that's a great point. And it's something that I hadn't thought of um, where, you know, where does he fit into this outfield at the moment anyway? I mean, yet to be seen other than they're playing two infielders in the corners, really. You right. know, so whenever it gets back. And, and like I said, this hot streak for Walker probably brings him up pretty dang quick anyway. So, so I would, could, I would be, think, could be interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I think that if they could get to – into June and have a rota of a lot of regularly have Newt Barr, Carlson and Walker in the outfield. I think they'd be fine with that. Right. You have yeah. Yepes or Burleson as your fourth. Um, you know, I mean, yeah. Could it be better if you have a, a healthy Tyler O'Neill? It could be, but I also think that you're going to have to put Tyler O'Neill out there and hope that he can stay healthy. And then it's going to take him a while to, you know, get that groove going. I mean, when he gets his groove going, yikes, but yeah, um, it's going to take a while. Are you willing with a team that is, you know, currently what five, six, seven games under 500 to run that risk when, 
I mean, you still get good defense out of it, but you know, I don't know. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of variables there, but you know, the biggest thing is he has to be healthy. And if, if that's not going to happen, then, you know, we don't have to worry too much about it. Yeah. Um, we, I wanted to, we shifted away from the, the pitching a bit and I know I don't want to spend a whole lot more time on it, but I do want to talk about a couple of, of things. Well, I guess maybe really all the, all the starters I have a, a little bit of question for on you. Um, Adam Wainwright has, from what I can tell, from what I've read, his velocity's down another mile or two. Um, it feels like veteran wiliness is only going to go so far for him. Sure. Um, he's three wins away from 200. Does he get those three wins? And what happens after he gets those three wins? If he gets them. Um, oh man, I mean, would anything change though? I mean, that's because I would think that yeah. he's a shoo-in to do it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I would, I would be, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I'm not really sure what you're asking. Well, I think the thing is, I mean, I guess it's Adam Wainwright, so you're probably right, nothing would change. But if he continues to struggle. And I'm not saying, I mean, he's, I mean, his struggles are not any worse than anybody else's. So maybe it's a big issue, but it's a, you know, there's a possibility, you know, we've talked about the possibility if he doesn't feel like he can do it, he can retire. Yeah. We've talked about, you know, do you, do you move him to the bullpen? Uh, All that seems probably like a moot point and they'd fix the rest of the rotation and leave Adam Wainwright before they did anything else. But I mean, still there's that it's, I don't think as much as I love Adam Wainwright and as much as I know he competes and all that stuff, I don't feel like if you give him a three to nothing lead in the past, you'd say, okay, he's going to shut him down or he's going to do. And now I think you're just hoping they didn't give up those three runs in the next inning. Yeah. Yeah. And as far as any changes goes, I think that's going to have to come from him. Yeah. You know, I, I think he's in, he's in the rotation until he decides that he's not. And yep. that, and that, I mean, I, I just can't see that move being made at all. And, uh, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. But here's half of this. Didn't they have to expect some of this, though? You know what I mean? I don't know why I feel that way. I mean, it made me incredibly naive. No, I think that for, I think for every one of those pitchers, they expected, they had a, a best case, worst case, and most reasonable case scenario. Yeah. And I think that they thought, okay, we'll probably hit worst case on one or two, but we'll hit a best case on somebody and we'll hit a couple of the middle cases on the other two and that'll be good enough. And right now, Miles Michaelis is turning it around. It feels like, I mean, we've seen it yeah. pretty well. So we're getting a little bit out of his worst case, but everybody else has pretty much been worst case. Right. And yeah. I don't think they expected everybody to hit that. Yeah, and that that's yeah, well put. And I, I kind of thought the same thing. And I, I honestly thought that that was me being overly optimistic on some of the guys. You know, the uh, um, I, I, you know, I'm a Michaelis fan, and I think that you're going to get what you get out of him, and it's you're going to get a ton of ground balls. And if he's not living at the knees, he's going to get exposed a little bit. But I feel like he he figures it out quickly, and you're going to get you get, he'll stabilize you a little bit. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's a turnaround going to the rest of it, but I just don't. What I don't like is they still just don't have that guy that you go in as as having the advantage a lot of times, right. and and I think that hurts them because you know it's one of those even when he gets knocked around a little bit you never want to face Corbin Burns, mm-hmm. and they don't have that guy, and of course he's one of Cy Young and all that but and all that bit but I'm just saying that that's that's what they lack. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Michaelis is May. He's struck out 19, walked five in 30 innings. See that the strikeout numbers are low, but at least he's not walking people. Two forty ERA, three forty eight uh, FIP, um, and it's that's getting more to that number two that you expect Michael's Michaelis to be. And and you're right, that's kind of what you're going to get out of him. You know, he'll go like the last two outings, he's gone seven innings, and in fact, last time he went seven innings scoreless um, in a in a game the Cardinals really needed to win. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, if he's your best pitcher, that's you're you're at a downgrade from everybody else. Um, 
what they need is Jack Flaherty, right? They need well, yeah. they thought they were going to get. And we've seen that at times, but you know what? Two starts ago, strikes out 10, I think what, six or seven scoreless. And then, then the last time he can't get out of the fifth, you know, uh, where, I mean, do you think they can see any consistency out of Flaherty? Considering that we, that, I don't know. Considering that we haven't really seen it since 19, I, I mean, I can't imagine. Um, just a frustrating guy. Uh, I mean, that I, it's, that's who they've hung their hat on to be the number one, right? Yeah, right. I mean, just I mean, it, it's just obvious, and and I just don't know if we're going to get to that peak. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, that's it. it that goes back to the, the point of they just have a bunch of number threes. You know, a number three. The difference between a one, two, and a three is all consistency, and that that's just what they haven't had. Yeah. Yeah, we've gone from, you know, the idea that Jack Flaherty is going to be too expensive for the Cardinals to get him at when he hits free agency in the offseason to the idea that the Cardinals may not pursue him in free agency. I agree, yeah. Um, and honestly, I, I think that unless he has another, you know, second half like he did in 19, yeah, um, maybe for the best. I mean, he may go – I mean, he may be a guy that goes somewhere and we say, well, why didn't the Cardinals exchange? But I – I don't think that it's that Jack doesn't want to be in St. Louis. Don't get me wrong. Cause I do think he enjoys, I mean, you've seen him talk about, you know, Adam Wainwright and, and all this stuff and he, he enjoys that. But I do wonder if a change of scenery and a change of coaching isn't going to be the best thing. I mean, he may unlock it somewhere else that he may just not do it here, which then becomes, you know, with the idea that Sandy Alcantara probably did the same thing. Cause there's a lot of people that don't think that he would have been as great in St. Louis. Um, I think that there is, you know, there probably does need to be some evaluation of what, you know, why are the Cardinals not getting that much out of these guys? And maybe with Dusty Blake here after a, f- you know, a few years, cause that's kind of the thing with Jeff Albert, right? It took a while before it all kind of, kind of clicked with everybody. And maybe that's the way it's going to be with Dusty Blake in the pitching side of things. But um, I think there needs to be some sort of a reason of why aren't we getting the most out of these guys if they go somewhere else and, and flourish. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a, it's a really good point. Um, you know, you had the carousel, the, uh, of the, uh, you know, the hitting and pitching coaches and, and ideology of both and just to see where we are. But yeah, yeah, that's, it's funny where you hit the nail on the head. I mean, we were all worried about. Well, now they're they're uh, they're playing the game where where Flaherty doesn't come back. There's zero chance this is going to happen. To now, it's like, well, is there better options out there that they're going to pursue and and not pay the money that he's going to uh, to require? I've always liked the fact that he's a pro union. He and he's going to play the game to help the players. You know, or you know, behind the scenes game to help the players. That's that's what he's uh, what he's been about. Now, sometimes I, I mean, he may have overplayed his hand on this one. And he's going to go somewhere and probably not make the money that he probably could, which, you know, then it turns into, does he land back in St. Louis at that, at that point? Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm not certain that he does come back. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, the Cardinals obviously have a pitching need for next year and there is a familiarity there, but I do wonder if that familiarity is going to be more of a hindrance than a help. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. I mean, I, I think that, you know, and it has to be frustrating to see, and I'm frustrated for Jack as well. To oh, I agree. Yeah. Have, you know, good innings after, you know, good outings and bad outings and not be able to have that consistency. Um, but yeah, I think those are interesting. Uh, lastly on the rotation and then um, Jordan Montgomery has struggled the last little bit. Is that, is that a, he's coming back to earth type of thing or is that just a, a little bit of a blip? Because I mean, obviously he's been very good when he's been in St. Louis. Yeah. I mean, pitchers run into these little dry spells. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like that's probably what it is that he'll kind of bounce back. But what do you yeah. think? Well, I agree. And like I said, there's always that outlier that is Cincinnati too. You know, yeah. the, uh, it was one, there was the second home run that he had given up in his start the other day. I didn't look at any overlays, nothing like that. I haven't seen it, but I thought was a fly ball to left field. And I mean, it carries out for a three-run homer, and you're like, this ballpark, you know what I'm saying? And the, you know, the Cardinals benefited from that, you know, it was, uh, offensively. But still, I mean, just kind of a tough run, a tough luck for him. I really like Montgomery. Something that I, since not being on, I, I did kind of wonder, 
I want, why was there not a bigger push to re-sign him? I, I, I will say that he says some things in his uh, post games that makes me wonder if they're just like, hey, we're going to play this out and see how this goes. It seems like, and it may be, I don't know. I mean, I really was surprised that they didn't. I mean, there's no, there's no doubt that Miles Michaelis fits their mold pretty well. And so they were yeah. excited to him. And, and maybe they didn't really want to try to do two. But Montgomery, you know, did seem to be indi- indicated he was open for it. Um, he also suggested that, you know, that they just didn't reach out to him. Now, to be fair, you know, his last seven starts, he's 0 7, has a 559 ERA of 4 9 FIP. Um, that's, you know, seven out of his 10 starts this year. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's had, not that they're all been bad in those seven, he's had, but. You know, there's been at least two outings where he's given up six or more, and then last time out, you're right, four and four innings. Um, I don't know. Maybe they're a little bit afraid of that that they thought this regression was going to come, or that they thought that he was too high. You know, because of what he had done the year before was not necessarily indicative of what he was going to be, but he's going to get paid like it was going to be. I, you know, they wanted a little bit more data before they tried to, to extend them. I don't know. I was a little bit, I really thought that that's the kind of thing they do, especially after trading Harrison Bader for him. Um, but now I, I, you know, I feel like, I don't know. I mean, if he turns it around, it's probably going to cost a little bit more. Or it's going to be, I mean, if he gets to the free agent market, he's not coming back. So I, I feel like, um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I Again, and we don't know. It did sound like that there wasn't a whole lot of effort put out for the front office, but it may have been, you know, that's that's all we know is for what he said. So um, maybe there was a little bit more than they thought or, you know, they the front office thought they were making, you know, an overture that didn't, that they, that the agent in Montgomery didn't really. Yeah. Who, who knows? All uh, the behind-the-scenes stuff that we just don't know. I, I, I really did feel like there was a, a, going to be a stronger push to that. Like, well, and – ego driven for me. That's the one that I wanted to see done. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I, I, and again, there's no, there's no ruling it out. You know, maybe all star break or something. If he does bounce back a little bit, cause you look at, yeah, he, you know, his last two road starts were in Cincinnati and Chicago and neither one of them went very well. Uh, when he's pitching in St. Louis, in fact, that'd be interesting. Let me look if I can pull his splits up for this year real quick. Um, cause I bet, yeah, I actually no. I, I expected the home and away splits to be better. He's got an ERA almost six in, in Bush Stadium, so yeah. and a three forty five on the road, even with these last two outings. So that that surprised me. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I, I would have thought they would have done that. Um, I there must be something in there that they're not a hundred percent sure about. Yeah. So. Yeah, to go as deep as they probably needed. You're probably right. Yeah. We're almost at our hour point, but I can't do the first show with you without asking about Ryan Helsley because that's just, that has to do that. So what do you, what's your thoughts about Helsley this year uh, so far? Mm, um, you know, early struggles that it kind of comes with the, the thing that we've talked about for how long we've we done the show now, five years, uh, six years. Yeah, this is this is season nine. We've done it for seven years, I guess. Seven years, seven years. The uh, don't we always talk about the highs and lows of the bullpen, though? Yep, yep. No, I mean that's just kind of how I how I felt about it, and and uh, the early season struggles. He kind of come out of it a little bit. Um, you know, I when we say this. Tell me a phrase that we have not said more than this uh, that we've said more than this of these guys aren't good in the two innings since. <laughs> yeah, there's you know so something to that. Um, yeah, um, and and it, and it and it depends. I mean, he threw two innings in Boston and pitched pretty well. I mean, yeah, he can't sure. happen. And they seem to be using him yeah. more this year, right? That the, the injury concern is not there. They've used him in back to back days. In fact, this in Cincinnati, they used him for an inning and a third. Turn around the next day, used him for an inning. And you know, last year, you know, he might go two innings. But he then he wouldn't pitch for like two, you know, a couple of days. They seem to be more willing to do the back to back with him this year. Yeah, is Helsley the best pitcher on the staff in, in, in the pitching staff? 
Um, it's pretty electric. You know what I mean? And it's one yeah. of those you just look at it and you're just like, well, I mean, is that the guy that they want in the biggest of situations? Which I would think they would have to, but. Yeah, I think probably, I mean, Gallegos has been really good. I've always been a Gallegos fan too. Yeah. You know, but we talked even what last year that we weren't sure they were going to extend him a contract. Yeah. Stuff, yeah. Stuff agree. Things. And, and he's pitched, you know, better this year. He's, he's had a, you know, um, a few, few blips because, you know, reliever ERA, you look at it, it's like four, seven, nine, but that could be like one game before I look. Oh no, I'm sorry. I was looking at Jordan Hicks. That's who I was looking at. I was thinking, man, I didn't think Gallegos was that much. I was going to say that Jordan Hicks, since that, since the the you know the change since they took him into those low leverage situations and then they've kind of moved him back has been pretty dominant um now and, and to the point that he's actually even striking out batters which is more than he used to do right yeah. um so yeah let's let's pull this little this last six games um 7.2 innings, 11 strikeouts, three walks. If that is Jordan Hicks, he may take that closer role at some point in time. Now, I don't, I, I would like to see it over a longer period of time. Um, and yeah. see if it'll adjust. But the, the knock on Hicks has always been one, well, control, but two, you know, he's still in 105 and people aren't missing it. Um, if people start exactly. missing stuff, then yikes. So yeah, that makes, yeah. They, I I'm pretty impressed by how they've handled the bullpen entirely, though. Really, yeah, yeah. I thought they've done. I, I feel like they've done a really good job of it. The only thing, the only downside I think to the bullpen is this questionable removal of Zach Thompson to be a starter for next year. Yeah, uh, because you know, what? call me dumb. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that happened a while back, and yeah. you know, then you don't hear about him. That's one of those things. You know, they take somebody out, and then they send him down, and then now we don't hear about him because they're not. But he has, you know, and un- unsurprisingly, the, 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 there's been struggles trying to get him back to being a, a starter. And, I, you know, I know the Cardinals have taken a lot of starters and making the bullpen guys, and they never get a chance to leave, and that's not always great. I mean, Helsley's one of those examples, right? I mean, We've talked about how he could have probably been a, a starting pitcher, and then they moved into the bullpen, and that's now never going to probably never going to happen. Jordan, yeah. uh, although they tried to do the return him to a starter, and that didn't you know didn't work. I feel like Thompson's best option might have been to be that that dominant left handed guy in the in the yeah. bullpen. Um, and I think when you've seen you know Henesis Cabrera has struggled this year. I mean he's had good runs, but he's had some really rough ones. Um, when you see there's really not anybody else out there, right? I mean, I think they're they're missing having a guy like Zach Thompson out there. Yeah, yeah, that's because isn't that what we heard all last year that 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 was going to be the uh, going to be the play of right. keeping it, it, if he doesn't make it, he's going to be the guy that uh, the big lefty in the bullpen, and that I mean that seemed to to falter quite a bit. How is he how is he performing as a starter right now? In Memphis, um, his numbers are. Uh, let's see if I can find them real quick. Um, he's at a thirteen oh three ERA in four starts, nine point two innings. Um, he struck out fourteen, walked fourteen. Mm. So, yeah, I mean that's, and I don't know. I mean, again, they're taking him. They're obviously going to expand him out. Obviously, there's some chances of you know starting to to turn around. But I don't know if there's a time where they say this isn't working. Let's put him back in that role. And I don't know if he can go back to that role very easily too. You know, I mean, this starting and relieving, uh, you know, different mindsets, different ways of wearing. Yeah, out, without a doubt. All that kind of stuff can't, I mean, have they, I mean, and it's not gotten any better. The last two starts for him, uh, he's given up five runs in 2.2 innings and five, well, six runs, five earned in 2.1 innings. Um, so, you know, He's he's not gone over. Let's see. Look, he went three innings uh, in one start. That's the longest start that he's had so far. So yeah, um, I I don't know. I, I I mean, he's made four starts, so it's hard to say that it's a, a flop or failure. But I don't know when they decide. Okay, we we need him to be a reliever because this yeah, is- hey, which is just such a disservice to those guys yeah. in season. I don't know. 
Yeah, I think that's something too, because I don't, he wasn't even one that we heard of came to, you know, you're always here in the, in the winter, this guy's going to come to yeah. train as a starter in the off season. And we'll see what we, yeah, they did that with Trevor Rosenthal, who knows how many times. Right. Um, and then they never actually wind up being <laughs> starters, but I don't know that they did that with Zach Thompson. Right. I don't think that they said, Hey, you know, build yourself up because we might need you to be a starter. You know, it was, you know, probably that, Hey, this is your role. You're going to be this, you know, one to two, maybe three inning guy out of the bullpen. Um, you know, get a face tough lefties, you know, that kind of stuff. And, for them to shift gears like that again, I think that was more because more weird, more indicative of a front office that seems to be a little bit more confused or less sure of itself than it used to be. I think that was more of a sign of that than, than Jordan Walker going down. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree. I agree. And it's uh, just, you know, let's keep the winning ways going and hopefully change things up and change the narrative a little bit of how, you know, we're going to question every move that they make. And I think that the negative tone of this has been more than we have in two years. Uh, yeah, maybe. And not I, in, I mean, I'm, we're not, I mean, we're not piling on or anything, but I mean, there's a lot of head scratching on the show. Well, remember they were fourth place a couple of years ago in like July. I'm pretty sure we were fairly negative. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And like I said, even their standings right now, I still think it's a little pre- premature to, to act on it. It's just one of those, one of the things of, um, you can see where the deficiencies are and, and that may not change because they haven't changed in two years. And that's the all out of the rotation. Yeah. I was on um, radio station in Fayetteville um, this week. And the, the guy asked me if the Cardinals were making the playoffs. I said they would. And I think that I agree. Good. I agree. I mean, no, I completely agree. I mean, you heard Ken Rosenthal say that he still thinks they win the division by 10 games. I think that, yeah, if they, I mean, this offense is very good. And if they could find, you know, at least decent enough pitching the rest of the way, then yeah, the, I, you know, the Milwaukee's got its own problems and then you've got the Cubs and the Pirates ahead of you. I mean, you, I, it's definitely not now when they were 10 and 24, did I think that eh, well, it was a little bit, I, I knew no. it was possible, but it felt, you know, being 10 games out felt bad. Um, they were just lucky they didn't get buried. Exactly. Uh, yeah. When you look at, you know, you look at Toronto who's 10 and a half games out and they're a game over 500, you yeah. know, I mean, that, that could easily have been the Cardinals, and it wasn't. Yeah. So. Well, and you know, as much as this may cost some eye rolling on this, keep in mind, expanded playoffs could greatly benefit them this year. Good. Good. No. Um, I, you know, hopefully, like I said, hopefully they just take care of it and not worry about it. But I uh, agree. But you never know. The Cardinals play the Guardians this weekend, who are a team that's got a record of roughly about the Cardinals, but they also have a run differential of like negative 37 or something. Yeah, they have a hard time scoring runs. So yeah. they, they, no way to no way to get out of a slump and have this Cardinals rotation coming in town. Well, that's also true, but you know, if maybe that's what the Cardinals rotation needs is to face it <laughs> off. Yeah. Great either. Exactly. Uh, and then uh two games with Kansas City. Uh you know, they're on on uh, Memorial Day and and the day after, the two games off. And then they get the Pirates, which we will probably record before they get to start that Pirate series or maybe right after it gets kicked off. But um, back in, first game first game back, you feel good about it? I feel real good about it. All right. Well, I'm glad yeah, you I'm, like, I, uh, I'm as dumb as ever, you know what I mean? So <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm in midseason form. <laughs> well, I didn't get any smarter while you were gone, so don't worry about it. <laughs> I got you. So, all right. Well, until next week, for Alan, I'm Daniel. Good night. Glad to be back and good night.